What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. How y'all doing? Woo! My voice is here and there and everywhere, but you know what? Praise God, I'm healed. I'm so excited. Guess what season we in, guys? I can't believe it's already here. We are at the end of the year, or at least an American year, and uh, I have a message prepared, but I think God just changed it. So uh, we're going to see where this goes this morning, amen? But I do believe... (laughs) I think he is wanting me to turn to Genesis real quick with you guys. And uh, I might have some, let's see, hang on just a second. Give me just a minute. God did this last minute. So uh, praise God. I love it when he does this. As I'm standing here, I'm like, I got this message ready that goes with the signs of the times. And uh, suddenly it's like, I don't think I'm supposed to talk about that. So uh, let me find where I'm wanting to be here. I think we're going to go here. All right. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. You see, oops, you know what? Yeah, my thing ain't changing, so we'll see. I might have to get my real Bible out. That's nothing wrong with that either, amen? So, uh, text's good when it works. So, um, years ago, God spoke, amen? And he created everything you see. He spoke an important word. He said, let there be light, amen, in the midst of, and actually when you get into studying those words there in Genesis chapter 1, which we aren't turned to, I know, there was chaos. It was darkness. There is almost like, I always, in my mind, this is just me, I picture like Plato, right, or clay, Right, just kind of laying there. When you're a kid and you got this clay or Play-Doh in front of you, and it's just kind of there and it's just a blob until you do something with it, amen? And God begins to speak and he says, let there be light. And immediately when God spoke light into existence, suddenly everything else that goes with it, see, he's got me going all kinds of ways. Let me go to this. I want to I show you this. I want to show you this real quick. So, because we are in that season, Amen. So I'm going to be jumping around a lot on here because I, I wasn't planning on this, God, but here we go. So let's take a look at the big picture for a minute, amen? The Bible tells us, keep you, just go ahead and stay there in Genesis for a minute, but I want you to catch something. The Bible tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God has always activated things through word and you see you were created in the image of God in other words if you want to change the circumstances around you do something about it speak life 
being made in the image of God, you can change your circumstances. We talked last week. We didn't even get to the text last week, amen? So last week, we talked about the fact of how powerful your brain was. You could speak yourself well. You could speak yourself sick. Well, guess what? You can speak a situation around you into life as well, amen? As a Christian and as a believer, you ought to be able to walk into a room and the atmosphere changes. You don't like the way the world, and it's going to take some work on your part. You don't like what it looks like around you. Do something about it. But also begin to speak what you want to see because that's how your father works. God doesn't like something. He speaks it. Let there be light. Can I talk to you a minute about that word light? Whoa, let me, let me find it here. I got notes on this stuff somewhere in one of these messages. I'm trying to scam through some old messages. <clears throat> but what he's, what's believed, and I'm looking at a... Uh, of course, I'm a creationist myself. I believe in creation. I believe the earth is more, more than probably around 6,000 years old because that's when everything started happening. Now, you've got other theories and things out there, but when he spoke, and I don't have it. I'm just going to have to tell what I remember, amen? When he spoke, let there be light, the creationists tell us he spoke everything into existence that he needed to create. What are the three things that create life? Well, here's what your science book tells you. You guys ready? He spoke matter, energy, and, oh, what's the third one? That's why I need my notes here, God. Amen. Space, matter, and energy. There it is. I found my notes just in the nick of time. Imagine that. He spoke, in other words, he spoke atoms into existence. Now, wait a minute, preacher. I thought you creationists only live by faith. No, we'll see, God is science. That's why I disagree when people try to separate science from God, because that's not a fact. God is the author of science. So therefore, what man understands about science is very minute. Okay, y'all ain't with me this morning. It's all right. We're going to wake up. I know it's a rainy day outside. Everybody woke in kind of sluggish. When God spoke, let there be light, he spoke atoms. What are atoms? Young people, if you studied science, you know this stuff. Atoms are the smallest known thing that creates life, amen? They're smaller than your cells. And it takes, I don't even remember. I might have the figures here, actually, because I'm looking at all this stuff. How many thousands of atoms and how many billions of atoms and all these things that were in your atmosphere. Okay, God, we're going to go here. Okay, well, we're just going to go here. You guys ready? It also says, let me go ahead and finish John 1 for a second. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Who's it talking about? God the Son, Jesus. See, this is why we believe in one God that exists in three persons eternally, and we can't explain that to you, but that's okay. Because what we understand here is it's telling us that Jesus has been there since the beginning. Who is the word that John is speaking of here? I love the way the chosen portrayed this, because when John sat back to write the book of John, he was trying to think of the perfect introduction to his book. 
Because you got to understand, Matthew, Mark, and Luke had already been written. John's coming from a whole different perspective and a whole different viewpoint. So God says, you know what? Or John, sorry. John says, you know what? He was the word. So here's what I want to tell you. In the beginning was the word. Jesus didn't come around later. He's been there since the beginning. We didn't know it was him until later. But he was there. Look throughout your Old Testament. Do a study. He's there all throughout the Old Testament. We just didn't know him as Jesus. So God comes in and he says, you know what? I have no other. John says, I have no other way I know to express this except he's been there all along. In the beginning was, and he speaks about the word, and he also talks about nothing was made or put into existence without him. So when you come against Jesus, you're coming against your creator. Can I show you how organized God was? Okay, y'all need to go, just go to Genesis 1, I guess. I'm sorry. I thought we were going to Genesis 3. Maybe that's next time. I don't know. Signs of the times, we'll get back to it sometime, all right? Whew, I don't know why God wanted to go here this morning. Verse 4 there of John 1 said, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. God begins to speak in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Here's what it says. You guys... Most of you probably got this memorized at least. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Here it is. You guys ready? Then God said, isn't it interesting that all the way back in Genesis, we have this thing called light being talked about. And isn't it interesting in John's other epistles, he talks about Jesus as the light. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Let's talk about this thing called light, shall we? Here's what your dictionary online will tell you. I'm not sure it was Googled. I don't know what dictionary it came from. Here's the definition of light. There's three definitions here. Actually, two. The natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. One definition of light. We walk into the room. It's dark. You can't see. Suddenly you flip a light switch in this society. Now everything in the room is lit up. In today's world, man walks around in darkness, tripping, falling, stumbling, falling into pits and don't even realize what they're doing. And then suddenly they receive Christ as Savior and light comes in and it's like flipping on a light switch and some of us, it's almost like we're walking along and all of a sudden here's the light comes on and here's Jesus and we're like, whoa, I just about fell in that hole. 
So one definition, the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. The second definition is this, and I like this one too. Because not only does Jesus make things visible. Mm. It says it's understanding of a problem or mystery. Enlightenment. Now remember, this is a secular definition. This came out your dictionary. Understanding of a problem or a mystery. Enlightenment. How many of y'all know when you receive Christ as Savior, you've been enlightened? Or you should have been. If not, was your conversion real? John has something to say about that, too. I don't know if we're going to jump there or not in a minute. First, John talks about it. That was in my original message for today, by the way. So light in this instance is the creation of time. Time as we know it. I look at it like Brett talked about it, and we've talked about it before, I'm sure. I see, in order for me to picture this in my mind, I'm not saying this is legit, this is how I see it in my mind. I see God standing where I am, and here's the timeline of life. And guess what God does? He decides, I'm going to go in right here and split a Red Sea. I'm going to go in right here. I'm going to make fire fall from heaven when Elijah calls. You know what? I'm going to take Moses and Elijah, and I'm going to put them over here. And they're going to show up on the Mount of his, uh, what do we call that? Transfiguration. Yes, sorry. And they're going to show up, and they're going to be there with Jesus and Peter and the other two boys. That's God. He can do what he wants. He's God. So when he speaks, let there be light, most of us don't understand the power behind the God we serve. Instead, we tend to think on lines of, I'm doing God a favor by coming to church. Can I just enlighten you this morning with something? God doesn't need your favors. He's the creator of the universe. The next time you decide to stroke your little finger at God, you better remember who you're talking to. As the creator, he could take you out too. Now, God doesn't operate that way. He's a God of love. The Bible tells us God is love. It doesn't say he puts off love. God is light. So when he speaks to an atmosphere, suddenly he creates time as we know it. The only one that deals on a timeline is us. God's not worried about our time. See, that's why when you get those callings into your life, suddenly you feel like, oh, God's called me to do this or God's called me to do that. But it's taken so long. But God's saying it's only been a second. Give me a minute. It's like baking a cake. When I throw all those ingredients in the bowl and mix them up, that's nothing you'd want to eat until you bake it for a little while. Amen? And when it comes out the oven, the fire, is that what you said, Lee? The fire comes, right? You're like, woo, that's some good stuff. But see, it takes time. The Bible puts it this way, and I don't remember the verse right now. It takes time to make some good wine. So we're down here complaining because it's taken us so many years. And God's like, just give me a second. Joke's on you. Because if a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day to God, 
His second could be quite a few years itself. Amen. Give me just a second. So when he speaks light, he creates everything he needs to create everything else he's getting ready to talk about. Pastor Zach talked about this when he was gave his uh, message the night for our final the Old Testament survey. Can I talk to you about it for just a second? The light. So God speaks atoms into existence. He speaks space, matter, and energy. Now he has everything he needs to create everything he's about to create. See, God is a God of order. You don't like that? That's biblical. I wish I had the reference right here. Your God is a God of order. He doesn't do anything chaotically. Matter of fact, chaos isn't from God. God takes his time. He understands there's a process when I want to create things. Could he have just spoken, let there be light, and everything already existed without taking days? Yes, he could have. He's God. He could have just said, let it be, and there it was. But God takes his time. Verse 6 there of Genesis chapter 1 says, Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Now God has not just stopped by speaking light. He's getting ready to bring order to the light. See, this is where you get to the Plato analogy. It's here. What are you going to do with it? I've seen these kids come up with some creative stuff with Plato. And God's the same way. So now he begins bringing order to the chaos. Water is one of the most primary of physical phenomena, yet it defies normal chemical theory. Water is absolutely essential in liquid form for all the key systems of life. Circulation, digestion, reproduction, and respiration are all dependent on liquid water. Now he's created water. In the book, Your Body's Many Cries for Water, by Dr. F. Uh, Batmang Hi, I don't know how to say that last name, but he's an MD. You'll see that water makes a big difference in issues like ulcers, Alzheimer's disease, colitis. There's a type of arthritis here I can't even pronounce, but it's arthritis. Headaches, allergies, stress, depression, hypertension, cholesterol, coronary health, and weight control. Now, that's a doctor writing a book telling you all the benefits of water. Those, and this is taken from Unlocking the Mysteries of Creation by Dennis R. Peterson. This is, this is an awesome book, and it's simple. That's why I like it. If you're a teenager, you can understand this book because it's a picture book. There's little words, but they give you everything in it that you need for creation, science. Why do, how do we believe this happens? And I'm sure it's constantly changing because we get new theories all the time because y'all don't understand something. God already knows how he did it. He's just waiting on us to catch up. Amen? Some things we may never know. 
Those who value wholeness in life will do well to take water more seriously. Without water, check this out, there is no life. Now, you remember, some of you remember your grandma, at least my grandma always used to tell me, make sure you're drinking eight glasses of water a day. Amen? Do you realize, and this was in that book as well, do you realize that those eight glasses a day that your grandma told you is just what you need to make up for what you use in a day? Every time you think a thought, water in your brain makes you think that thought. So water is life. Why do you think the Bible talks so much about water? It is life. It's the source of life. What did Jesus, talking to the woman of the well, I had to give you living water. Who's the living water? It's him. Living water. That's in the word. Why do they use water? Because God already knew this stuff. Scientists are catching up, right? Just when man thinks they got it figured out, God says, oh, wait a minute. It's a little off right there. Let me show you something else, right? Amen. Because we realize we're on a journey in life. All right. Well, Hank, praise God. Hallelujah. And do you know that one other thing he mentions in that book, Unlocking the Mysteries of Creation, is the firmament that was talked about right there in Genesis. He talks about they believe at one point. Now, there's other theories on the firmament too, right? I'm just going to give you this one because I thought it was interesting. They believe there is evidence at one point there was almost like a bubble around the earth that held water back from the waters above and the waters beneath. When the flood of Noah happened, remember that's the first time water came from heaven, amen? One theory suggests that the firmament was removed and the water came gushing in, gave you the flood. Now, that's just a theory. We weren't there, but I thought it was interesting. Amen? All right, well, let's keep going. Day three. See, notice he has an order to the way he's doing this as well. Day three, Genesis chapter one, verse nine. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. So essential to life, no matter if you're talking about the plants or humans, or animals, first there has to be water. Now, we can't breathe underwater, so there has to be a place for us to stay as well. Now, check this out as he goes through. And it was so, and God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself and the earth and the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed according to its kind and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So evening and the morning were the third day. I remember when my wife first discovered that you can get plants from their seeds. I told her, I was like, uh, what was it, tomatoes? I don't even remember what it was I was talking about. I was like, keep those tomato seeds. We'll plant them and they'll turn into a tomato plant. Oh, that doesn't happen. 
what do you think God meant when he said seed after its kind? Amen. So what I do, I took one of the seeds, put it in the pot, and we grew a tomato plant. Imagine that. Amen. Now, there are seeds in this society that have been tampered with. and They don't do that anymore. But if you get a natural plant, fruit, vegetable, doesn't matter, take the seed out and you plant it, you're going to get that plant in return. So by the one piece of fruit you've got in your hand, if you take the seed, you can reap an abundance. Amen? Okay. We'll keep going. So first thing we notice here is the division of the waters. Then we move to the land, and now we've got plant life. Guess what plants are required for? Your life too. What do you mean? Plants give off this thing called oxygen. We give off carbon dioxide. But in order for us to be alive, we've got to have the oxygen that the plants are putting off so that we can breathe. Now, this is basic science. See, God already knew all this stuff. So he's creating things in the order he's going to need to move to the next step. I hope this morning you're gaining a new understanding of how to look at your Bible because it's all here. We've tried to tell you in this house the answers, every answer you're searching for can be found in this book. The problem is people are lazy nowadays and they don't like to read. And because they're lazy and they don't like to read, they never learn anything except what other men tell them. Okay. How do you think they corrupted your school system so easy? Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Can I just be real with you? The day you signed off in the 50s, 60s, whenever it was, I don't even know. The day you signed off and said, hey, free public education, you also signed off saying, government, you can control what my kid learns at school. You know, I sadly, can I, how far I want to go, guy? I have to tell my daughter, don't believe everything you hear in school. Now, that's a sad place to be. And here's how I know that. Pick up a science book. All the made-up theories of evolution that never existed, and there's more evidence that they didn't exist than anything. There's never been a single sliver of evidence of evolution at all. And any time they found that any time man tried to make a sliver of evidence, they created things and then called them evidence. Can I give you an example? What was her name? Lucy? I don't remember if she was Neanderthal, what she was, right? It was a monkey. What'd they do with that monkey skull? And they also found out it died in a volcano not too long ago, right? At that point. Maybe some thousand years or something. They took a monkey skull, put a human jaw on it, and said, oh, here's the key to evolution. And they still teach it in your science books. Even though that was proven a hoax almost immediately after it was put out there. Yet we let these people tell us how to think. And then we wonder why kids turn out the way they do. Dare I say, and I won't say ever, we're dealing with some of the least educated kids in a long time. 
You want proof? Watch your secular news just for a second. You don't have to watch it long. Don't corrupt yourself watching it and believing everything they're telling you. What are these things going on at these universities right now? Protesting over things they got no clue what they're talking about. They're doing it because their professors told them this is how you should think. So instead of teaching you how to think, they're telling you what to think. Okay. God creates plants. The land provides the nutrients for the plants. The plants give off oxygen, and God gave plants the ability to produce more of their kind. Day four, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and days and years. Some of y'all wonder where the constellations came from. God put them there. For signs and seasons. That's what he said. And for days and years. Do you know there's constellations? Some of you all will know this because you ain't paid no attention. Y'all realize there's constellations out there, Orion being one of them. You can't see in the summertime, but you can see in the winter. People don't realize that's how we know we're circulating around a sun. We see different constellations depending on the time of year it is. Astronomers know that. There's another good book I'll throw out there, Taking Back Astronomy. You ought to check that out sometime. I won't go into it today. The divide the day from the night, let them be for signs and seasons for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light unto the earth. And it was so. Can I help you out on something? Some of y'all didn't think about this at the beginning. The sun and moon have not been created yet. So if your theory has been when God said, let there be light, the sun showed up, that is not accurate. He's getting ready to create them. Watch, he created the stars first. Then God, see, then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and he set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So now we've got lights in the firmament. We've got the sun, the moon, and the stars. Plants live off the energy given by, anybody want to take a good? The sun. Is it called photogenesis? Is that right? Is that the right one? Photosynthesis? I think that's the right one. There's a, there's a bunch of different processes in the plant, but I think that's the one where it absorbs the energy from the sun. So God creates the plants. Well, now he's got to have something to keep the plants going. Amen? So he creates the sun. He creates the moon. He creates the stars. He creates them for calendar, for seasons, for signs, for days, for years. Y'all, I haven't read the book, but I heard it's a good one. The gospel is written in the stars. Another book. The gospel is written in the stars, and it teaches you how the gospel is actually written in the constellations. We're not going there. Day five. Do y'all see how it's beginning to fold, flow together? When God speaks, he does it in order, in order to create. 
Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. And God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So God creates sea creatures who can now exist. He creates birds who can now exist to breathe off the oxygen and give off the carbon dioxide to guess what? Feed the plants. I'm going to say a word, see if you know it. Leviathan. Some of y'all heard about that one. I believe it was an actual creature, but I also believe there's a spirit of Leviathan too. And I'm not going to tell you that Leviathan doesn't still exist in the oceans. I don't know. There's so many deep spots in that ocean, they haven't discovered all that stuff yet, right? The word there is tannin. Or tannin which means chaos monsters. Leviathan? Anybody ever heard of the one, they call her Nessie, Loch Ness Monster? Now, we went to the Creation Museum out in, uh, and I'll go ahead and shoot him a plug, that's fine. We went to the Creation Museum out in, um, where was that, Indiana? No, Kentucky, Kentucky. And, uh, they talked about Leviathan, and my son now, he knows Leviathan. Like, the crocodile-looking thing you see on Jurassic Park, remember the big one? The swim, and he jumped up and grabbed the basket, right? Okay. Not the megalodon, that's a shark. All right. Leviathan, there they believe, was that creature. Well, I've read books, Pastor, and it says it's probably a crocodile. Well, that's a lie. How can I tell you? Because... It breathed fire. Well, how do you know that? Well, read your Bible. Job, is it chapter 40, 41? Both talk about Leviathan, I think. There's Psalms that talk about Leviathan. Leviathan breathing fire, scales that could not be penetrated by man. Okay, but God said all this stuff a long time ago. Man would like to look at their, slap their finger at God and say, oh, that's just silly nonsense. But you know what? God created it. Just because you don't know about it yet doesn't mean anything. See, if you put your knowledge and you base it on man's wisdom, you're going to miss out on a lot. But if you let God give you wisdom, here, here, check this out, Psalm 74. This one talks about Leviathan. I, I didn't realize I have an example right here in the text. Psalm 74, 13 and 14. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. Does that mean sea serpents existed? <laughs> Probably. Does that mean they still might? We really don't know. Those oceans are deep. Check it out. You broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Now, this verse in particular is talking about the power and strength of God. Only he can overcome Leviathan. That's why he asked Job, you think you can take on Leviathan? Can you tame Leviathan? I'm God. I spoke him into existence. Day six. We're getting ready to wrap up, I think. 
And God said, let the earth bring forth a living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth according, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26 says, check this out. Now this is the new King James, and I like that it capitalizes the U here. Check this out. Then God said, let, what's the word? Us. Well, that was just talking about the angels, Pastor. No, it wasn't. You don't look nothing like an angel. Y'all ever read a description of an angel in your Bible? They tell us some of them got six wings. That's not the pretty little thing you see with the halo and the white wings coming off, right? They are pretty. Matter of fact, every time we read about angels in Scripture, the first thing they have to say is, do not be afraid. Now, I've known people that say they've seen angels, and they say some of them could be 14, 16 foot tall. So they're big. Do you know, I don't know where the study came. I remember Brett telling it to me. Do you realize that an angel can fly around the earth 72 times in a second? I don't remember where he got that, but he told me that one. I didn't read that book. But angels are different. It's not talking about angels there. Hence the capital U. Let us. It's referring to the Trinity. First reference you see to the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Well, pastor, that's just saying that we would rule like God. Well, I beg to differ. I I disagree with that theory. Most of the people I've heard that talk about that theory, they also don't believe that some of the prophetic words were true prophetic words. They believe they were written later and made it look like they were prophecy. Okay, y'all. So so you have to go through class to get that. We talked about that in NLU a little bit. He creates every living thing on the earth, but here's the deal. You need to understand something, youth. He created you in the image of, of himself I think there's more to that than your dominion I think he created you to speak and see things happen well I don't know about that well even science backs it up we've already talked about it you can think yourself sick you can think yourself well your tongue when you speak your body reacts That's why I've been walking around my house saying, praise God, I'm healed. Amen. And you know what? This is probably the least length cold I've had in a long time, right? Or allergies, whatever it is. What you speak, your body reacts to. The Bible talked about that years ago. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. He creates land animals. He creates men. Well, guess what? Animals and man put off carbon dioxide when we breathe out. For those of you that ain't caught that yet, we breathe oxygen in, which is what the plants give off. We breathe carbon dioxide out, which is what the plants breathe in. Now, we ain't got a genius. 
So now he's got a way to continue supporting the plants, not only with the sun, but other things. And check out what he says there in verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male and, whoa, here's a good place to stop. Did it say there's like 196 different genders? Didn't say that. Here's what it said. He created, oh, I don't care. Amen. In the image of God, he created him. Everything else man has told you is to confuse you. That's what the wicked do. They bring confusion. We got people that can't even tell you what the definition of a woman is in this society. He created them male and female. He created them. Two genders. Those of you that have never translated, male is a boy or a man. Female is a woman or a girl. That's it. There's two genders. Don't come to me and try to tell me your fake science and tell me how this works. They're doing it. They're doing it in Congress. And people are buying this stuff hook, line, and sinker. The devil, the enemy, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and it more abundantly. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the whole earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. And you, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was not just good, very good. Look at your neighbor and say, very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God creates man in his image. You were created in the very image of God. How's that for self-worth? In this society, it's easy to get lost in the crowd. But God made you for a very specific purpose. He's got something only you can accomplish in this world. Only you, not the next guy. There are things you're going to accomplish that I'll never accomplish. I'm going to accomplish things you'll never accomplish. But that's what makes us different and unique. And the very cool thing is, rather, whatever man tells you doesn't matter because you're created in the image of God. That means there's a purpose behind your creation. You weren't just something that was accidentally thrown together as a molecule one day, turned into a fish, grew some legs, became a monkey, and here you are. It doesn't work like that. See, there's another verse I like to read out of 1 Corinthians. Am I going to go there? I guess I'm going to go there. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 
In the New Testament, this is New Testament, that's even better. Chapter 1, can I show you something? This is why you shouldn't believe everything you're taught by man. Verse 18 to 21, you ready? For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise... The intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in its wisdom, check this out. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. God's not impressed by man's wisdom. Any of y'all ever met some of them puffed up people that think they got it all figured out? It's really easy. It's really, go to an atheist if you've never seen one. The, oh, I'm too intelligent for God. Hmm. But you're still breathing. Well, it's just science. Do you realize they can't explain to you how birth of a baby works? Can't explain to you how the seed becomes a baby. Do you also realize, cause see, this is what I'm saying. The foolishness of man is foolish. God is going to upset the wisdom of man. Do you realize they can't explain to you how a cell that is in your fingernail knows it's a fingernail and doesn't grow a fingernail on your nose because they're the same exact cells looking under a microscope. They look exactly the same and identical. They can't tell you how the seed of a plant works. You put it in the ground, how it becomes a plant, they can't tell you. They can tell you what happens, but they can't explain to you how a tomato plant knows it's a tomato and a banana plant knows it's a banana and anything else knows it's that. A corn plant knows it's corn. How do the seeds know these things? How do your cells know I'm a finger, I'm a nose, I'm an eyeball. How do they, they can't explain it. So anytime a man comes to you and acts like they got it all figured out, just wisen them up a little bit. Good, you've got it so figured out. Explain to me how a cell works. They'll start going off on the description of what happens. No, I don't want to know what happens. I want to know how it happens. Because God said, let them bear fruit of its Kind. God knows how it happens. This stuff doesn't shock God. It shouldn't shock you. Know the God you serve. Then this whole creation thing wraps up in Genesis 2, 1 and 3. 1 to 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished, and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Sabbath day is a day to rest. Because God rested. I was telling my wife the other day, we were driving through. I remember a day when nothing was open on Sundays. You need a gas, you better get it before Sunday because nothing's open Sundays. Walmart wasn't open on Sundays. Matter of fact, they closed at 9 o'clock through the week. 
I can remember a day when no businesses were open on Sundays, not just banks. That was their day of rest. Have you noticed the downfall since they started working on Sundays? What do you mean? Man is on a go, 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 go schedule. Then you wonder why you didn't get times with the kids that day. You didn't get time with your family. You didn't get time to do some of the other things you had because you're on a go, 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 go schedule. You need to take a day to rest, amen? I like how my former pastors down there talked about it, more than one of them. Your Sabbath just needs to be a day. It doesn't have to be Sunday, a day that you rest. Matter of fact, the original Sabbath was a Saturday. Go figure. Read your text. It changed to Sunday after the apostles and Jesus rose from the dead on a Sunday. It started changing slowly over the years. A Sabbath day for you just needs to be a day that you rest. Not so busy doing that you're missing. You're doing life, but you're missing life. And then we wonder why things got so messed up and out of hand over the years. Can I just break it to you? The people in the 50s were on to something when they closed on Sundays. Watch and see how the statistics have grown over the years, the violence and all the things we've seen happen over the years. Watch when it started in your schools, when they took prayer out of the classroom, or they tried. Students can still pray. You guys got a right to pray if you want to pray. So much has changed. So much is a deception. Man has fallen off again. We think we're getting wiser, but it seems to me we're just getting dumber. Can I just be blunt? You know what's making you dumber? This is what's making you dumber. Why is it making you dumber? Because you think you're figuring stuff out, but really you're just getting man's ideas. We talked about the restaurant thing here not too long ago. I don't remember what, what day it was, what message. Lots happened since then. I've slept. While I'm sitting here calling it dumber, I'm getting music ready, by the way. I'm not texting. For those of you like, look at him. He's up there texting and he's talking about it. No, 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 no. I'm just getting some music ready because we're getting ready to have pray. Amen. Technology has made man dumber, not smarter. They can't tap into the stuff they used to because they're too dependent on a computer. Do you real? Can I? I'm gonna give my daughter heck on this. I'm just. Well, I don't know where I'm going with this. We're getting ready to wrap up. I ask the, any student. It doesn't even just be my daughter. What their class schedule is? When, when's the bell ring to start your day? Oh, it's when the bell rings. When I was in school, I knew exactly what time I needed to be at school. I knew when the bell rang, and I knew if I was late. When does your first class start? Oh, when the bell rings. You're coming so dependent on a bell, you don't know how to tell time now? I could ask these kids right here in the back row. I already give my daughter heck. When's your first class start? What time? See what I'm saying? There's no straight answer. Shh. I don't know. I just depend on the bell to tell me. 
Maybe we ought to start doing a little research. Look at your class schedule and see what time your classes start. When's your second hour start? Oh, when the bell rings. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? Technology is making us dumber. What time is it? We used to have we used to have a watch. Well, let me look at my oh my gosh, I don't have my phone. I'm lost. I'm there. I haven't worn a watch in a few years now. Because the battery died and I never put a new one in it. I've just been using my phone. So I'm with you. I get it. You, in other words, here's what you should do if you want to increase your wisdom. You need to learn your schedule. And you need to make some time for God in the middle of it somewhere. Wow, this was a message that came out of nowhere. Luckily, I had some old notes that I was able to pull up and use. But I think God wanted me to talk about this today. Because too many people have forgotten their creator. See, the creation doesn't get to tell the creator how things work. It doesn't work that way. The car I've got parked outside can't make decisions for the person that made the car. It's whatever's in it. That's it. God created you male and female because that's what he did. He's the creator. He can do what he wants. You don't get to question that. You can, but wisdom is slowly going, shh, as you begin to question the creator. As a creation, you don't have that right unless you're asking him questions pertaining to him. Well, why did you do this, God? I think it would have worked better this way. Well, that's why he didn't do it that way. God's a mystery. If we ever figured out God, he wouldn't be God anymore. But that's why he's still God. Why do you think he's in charge and not us? Can you imagine one of us being in his shoes? There's stuff I'm with you I wouldn't put up with. I'd just take you out. Bam! You want to question me? Bam! You're dead. That's the way man thinks. God doesn't think like that. God said, oh, man, they ate that fruit. I told them not to do it. And y'all ever felt that with your kids? I told them not to do it. They did it anyway. They learned the hard way that mom and dad was right. What's the old song? Some people got to learn the hard way. That's all of us. We all did it. Come on. You got to learn to trust. You got to learn to trust not just your parents. You got to learn to trust God. God, I don't know why you did it this way, but I'm thankful you did. I don't know why you had to send a Savior to die for me, but I'm thankful you did. Because God knew we weren't going to hold up our end of the bargain. He said, don't eat the fruit. He knew that was going to be the first thing they went for. Just like you kids, don't touch that toy. What's the first toy they go to when you turn your back? The one you told them not to touch. And y'all ever notice this way? Man is so covetous. What do you mean? Well, look at some kids. Put two three-year-olds in a room full of thousands of toys. 
One of them will be playing with one toy, and out of the thousands in the same room, the other one wants none of those toys. It wants the one that he's got or she's got. Then there's a fight. It's the same thing with adults. It's the same thing as teenagers. Come on. We won't leave adults out of the equation. I've seen adults fight well fight over some of the dumbest stuff. Fighting over which seat you're going to get in the sanctuary. No, that's my seat. You need to move. I better not hear that here at Next Level. So there's a visitor sitting in your seat. You find a new seat. And you get them a cup of coffee while you're doing it. If they want it. Nate, not right now, buddy. All right. So I, need, I don't know where. I hope you got something. If you're tuning out online, God's the creator. He's not the created. So the creator doesn't get to tell the creator how things work. Creator will tell you how it works if you listen. But that's the problem. I heard an old saying years ago, there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Too many people want to be the one in charge. You got to have somebody doing the service. That's a Christian's job, by the way. You want to live by the Bible? Learn to serve. Learn to work. Paul said it this way. You don't work, you don't eat. This is all free stuff. I don't even have this in my notes. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning with us online. Um, if you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that is the place that your journey starts always. You simply ask. You say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death, that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart, be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining with us online. If you just prayed that prayer, you meant it from the bottom of your heart. Your next step is baptism. And you need to find you a good church home where you can be discipled. You're not going to get the same thing sitting on your couch or wherever you're watching me as you can get at church. With the exception of those of you that can't get out. But if you're perfectly able of getting out, you need to find a physical church, whether it's this one or another one. And you need to become a part of a church that is discipling and training disciples so that you can grow in your relationship with God, and you need to follow in Jesus' footsteps and get baptized. Showing the whole world what the decision you already made in your heart was. Thank you so much for joining with us online. God bless you. We'll see you next time.